0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today?
1: Good, good. Happy Mother's Day.
0: Happy, yeah, you know, every day is kind of Mother's Day. I mean, <laughs> it's it's for real. And uh, did you get your mom a good gift?
1: Uh, considering, considering the quarantine, yes. Okay, good for you.
0: Well, I went and saw her okay.
1: and, uh, I, I hadn't done that in, in a while. My mom actually only lives about a mile and a half down the road from me. And I haven't seen her in weeks simply because of her age and, and, uh, yeah. stepfather, uh, you know, their, their, their age and, and then they're probably high risk. So I just haven't wanted to, to, to be in their presence for, for fear of being a spreader or something, even though I've never been sick and feel fine. But so, uh, But yesterday we went and and saw them and spent a good deal of time with them, even though it was from a 20 foot distance, but it was nice.
0: Uh, Jimmy, a couple of things
1: really quickly. First of
0: all, I want to thank Built Bar. Built Bar uh, this unbelievably great tasting, nutritional and low carb. uh, Energy Bar is just unbelievable. It really is. It's fantastic. They sent us some samples. Uh we didn't know that we were getting samples and we were like, hey, what a, you know, free food. I mean, whatever. And <laughs> when you get free food, sometimes you're sort of like, eh, you know, okay, it'll do in a pinch. I'm hungry. But no, this was delicious. I it really was good. No well, not not no carbs. There are a few carbs, but it's much fewer carbs than most other bars of its ilk. Uh it's definitely better than a cliff bar. I'm just going to tell you in terms of uh, my my opinion only better than a cliff bar. And I have nothing against cliff bars, but this is better. So, I mean, this is not just me saying cliff bars are terrible because they're not, they're good. This is better. So go try built bar, check it out. Built com is where you need to go. Also want to thank our main man Julio over at Nyko sports. Obviously we got to thank Nyko sports. Uh, just great people. They have this Tuatunga-Vailoa football. You need to go check it out, N-I-K-C-O sports.com, N-I-K-C-O sports.com, or you can call 1-800-345-2868, 2868 tuatunga football, $99. You have that in your couch. You have it in your little uh, cup holder in your car. Uh, Tua vailoas jerseys are flying off the shelves. They're number one and number two in the NFL right now, which is unbelievable. So you know you want this football to go with it when you build your little Tua shrine, which we're all going to do. Um, $99, dollars 800 Part of the proceeds go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation for Alabama. Go check them out. You can't afford not to have this thing. Yeah. Speaking of Tungvaluwa's, Jimmy, yep. um, Talia Tungvaluwa is transferring. And I think the writing was on the wall for this for quite some time. Um, I hate it because, uh, you know, it's part of the game. I understand that. But I hate it because um, I got to cover him a lot in high school. I got to cover him in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. Got to cover him in the um, uh, in the state championship game. Um, he's uh, a fantastic kid. Thought he had a lot of talent. But I get it. Uh, I just hate hate it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I thought it would have been cool to have a Tungle-Vailoa succeed a Tungle-Vailoa. And secondly, um, it leaves Alabama with two quarterbacks. That's not good.
1: No, uh, none, none of this was, was good news for, for Alabama. I mean, I, I know that fans, uh, a lot of fans have a tendency to blow this stuff off because very few people were projecting that Talia would be the starter this fall. Most people project that, that, that Mac Jones might start, but Bryce Young will beat him out. I mean, I, I guess that's the uh, the most common projection you see, and, and none of those include Talia. So when Talia leaves, a lot of fans are like, ah, well, so what? Well, I don't think the coaches are that way at all. For one thing, it's, it's funny during the offseason we forget that this happens, but during the season players get hurt. <laughs> we seem to forget that during the offseason. But every season, we have some injury situation or another. Thankfully, to this point, it hasn't really hurt us at quarterback, uh, although it sort of did at the end of last season when when we lose the starting quarterback and all of a sudden we have to play the number two guy. Uh, I guess some people are like, well, Talia's number three guy. Well, He's the number three guy until one of the two gets hurt. It only happened last season, and then he's the number two guy, and the number two guy is always vital. So it, it, it hurts the depth uh, in case Alabama has injuries at quarterback next season. This could be real detrimental because I, I'm pretty high on Talia. I wouldn't a- agree with anyone that, that wants to guess what the quarterback situation would have been next fall. I would agree that Talia would have ended up third. But what a great insurance policy. Who's got three quarterbacks they could win games with? Because I think Alabama would win games with Talia. Maybe not a national championship, maybe not even a playoff game, but Talia is going to beat most teams in the SEC playing playing with Alabama's talent. So now I'm not sure Alabama has that situation beyond Mac Jones and Bryce Young. One other thing this does – we we, you know, me by we, I mean all the fans, me, you, the rest of Alabama fans, we sort of are just assuming Bryce Young is gonna be great. And it is a, a pretty fair assumption. I mean, I think so. I, I'm I'm not shy. And heck, I was one of the first ones on the Bryce Young bandwagon when he was committed to USC. Uh I, I think the kid's gonna be great. That's my prediction. But how many times in the past have we predicted greatness? for high school quarterback prospects, and it just didn't pan out. With Talia leaving, Bryce better be good. I mean, he better be good. He's number two now. I mean, he's number two now by default, so he he, he needs to be good. Before it was like, hey, man, Bryce is going to be awesome. Well, hell, I hope so now. So based on all that, I think this is a pretty big piece of news for Alabama. But at the same time, I don't hold anything against Talia. These quarterbacks, they want to play. It's 2020. It's not 1970. These kids, they want to play. It's fair for Talia to assume there wouldn't have been a lot of playing time. And then one of the kids ahead of him is is a year younger. So I get it. And uh, I wish him well. I hope he starts wherever he goes because that apparently seems to be the thing. And uh, the last thing I'll chime in about Talia is this. You know, there's there, one of the reasons I love recruiting, but it can also be a little frustrating. There's always a shiny new toy. It's like, you know, kids, we fans are like kids at Christmas. We have our favorite toys and then it's Christmas morning. And then we for, you know, forget all the old toys. We have shiny new toys under the tree and, and that becomes the focus. And I think with, with Bryce, you know, kind of becoming the, the shiny new toy, we sort of forget what, what, what you already have. And uh, I, I don't, I think it's because of the fact we're so obsessed as a fan base with our new quarterback. For some reason, Talia's stock has dropped with the fans even though he's done nothing to, to warrant it. I mean, what has Talia done at Alabama to warrant his stock dropping? Nothing. The only thing that happened that dropped his stock was Alabama signed Bryce young. So Talia was a good prospect when they signed him. He's still a good prospect. Depending on where he goes and who he's competing with, uh, my prediction would be that Talia has a good career. Not a great career, but a good career uh, wherever he chooses. Well, a lot of the buzz is, of
0: course, University of Miami, I don't know if that's where he ends up, but what would be interesting there is Alabama opens up with Miami in 2021. So even if Talia were to sit out a year, he would probably be, uh, I mean, I guess their starting quarterback for 2021. So he could be could be Talia against either Mack or Bryce in Atlanta. Um, that would be certainly interesting. I had not seen anybody else bring that up. I just thought that was
1: that's, kind of – You're the a- first to mention it. That's a great point. Uh, you're the first, first person to uh, – I hadn't even considered it till just now, but that is, uh, I, I, I would just have such conflicted feelings about it. On the one hand, it's really cool that that's going to be would be such a big storyline. On the other hand, I'm one of these fans. that's like, Hey, if they played for us, they're, they're always one of us. And, and I don't like beating up on one of us. So, <laughs> so, so it's kind of, I'm conflicted. It's cool that we have such a relationship with the other team starting quarterback, but it's it's also not cool in the sense that man, I don't want to watch. I don't want to necessarily watch uh, Drew Sanders, you know, sack the hell out of Tolia three times, or maybe I really do. I, I guess we'll find out if it if it gets here. If he goes to Miami, I'm not. I,
0: I do. Yeah, who agree. knows? I mean, he may could go to FIU, FAU. I mean, we all assume he's going to go somewhere in the South Florida area, just because now. Uh, Tua's down there. Um, I saw where Tua just bought his mom a a brand new. I guess I think it's Escalade, but uh, it was an Escalade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and by the way, I wasn't lying when I was talking about uh, in in the Nyko Sports bit that um, Tua's jerseys are one and two in the NFL. They're the the white jerseys number one, the aqua jerseys number two. That's incredible,
1: Um, and I I love it. I'm I'm so thrilled for him because I'm sure think those Dolphins fans are excited about. The sweet Hawaiian prince. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's just
0: awesome. And I, I'm pretty sure Cincinnati and Miami play each other after the NFL schedule came out. So that's going to be cool, Burrow and Tua. Um, I think Miami opens up with New England. So uh, – in New England. So it could be Tua, you know, starting in the former home of Tom Brady. That would be interesting, too. Starting against Jared Stidham, by the way,
1: uh, potentially. Um, and I think uh, – Another thing uh, about – I'm terrible about the schedule stuff. I used to have such a, a – I mean, because I only looked at it once, and I didn't study it. But this is my recollection in terms of, like, when Tua may start. You know, we, we've already talked about that a few times on the podcast, kind of both of our guests of, you know, when's, when's Tua going to take over. And, and, and you felt it would be earlier than I did. But one thing, after looking at their schedule I'm coming around on, is I think my recollection is this. They play New England in week one. That's probably a loss. They play at Buffalo in week two. That's almost definitely a loss. Buffalo probably going to be favored to win the East and win double-digit games. I wonder, I wonder if the Dolphins start 0-2, but in week three have a very winnable game, not only against Jacksonville, but I think it's like either a Thursday night or a Sunday night or a Monday night game. It's, it's not even a Sunday game. It's a special national game. Miami versus Jacksonville. I wonder if after an 0-2 start, maybe they just go ahead and pull the trigger on week three and, and, and start Tua in a winnable game against Jacksonville. Maybe, just a thought.
0: I have a thought about that, but, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, I'll get into that. So, Jimmy, we're talking about Miami's schedule and when potentially Tua could start. Uh, we started talking about Talia and this morphed into a, Tua a talk. Um, but uh, you know, what's funny is Ryan Fitzpatrick is notorious for starting the season out. Guns a blazing. Like true. last year, if you remember, I think he, he had five touchdowns for Tampa, for uh, Tampa against the Saints and Tampa went into new Orleans and beat, beat them. Um, this was a Saints team that a lot of people thought could win the Super Bowl, And really they had a chance to, but um then of course Ryan Fitzpatrick starts tailing off. So I think what could happen I mean and again, yeah yeah, you, know, you think initially the I think the Dolphins are already a eight and a half point underdog at New England or ten point underdog at New England in game one. But man, I you know, let's see how New England is without Tom Brady. I mean they they have lost their heart, soul and mind of that team. So let's see how that is. And they're starting Jared Stidham now who we haven't seen anything out of him in the pros that makes me think he's very good, so maybe what if Dolphins go in there and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick lights it up again? I mean, that could happen. I mean, that that could be a roadblock to Tua, and Tua may start even later, Um, but, but I think your scenario is better for Tua. Now, Tua's going to be a guy, he's going to be a team first guy, he's going to be a, hey, I want us to get the Super Bowl and win it every year, but I think for Tua's career arc, it's probably better if they do start out 0-2 and then he gets to come home and start against Jacksonville, like you said. Uh, But going back to Toledo for a second, one other reason that I think it sucks that he's leaving is because Tua is in the pros now. And here's a guy who would have access, not illegal access, total access, family access to a guy who is in the NFL and could get pointers from a dude in the NFL at practically any time he wanted to. And now he's not on the team anymore. Um, And that being said, though, Jimmy, here's something about Talia that stands out to me. And we've heard some rumors that Talia is a little more self-centered than uh, Tua is, that uh, he's a little more about Talia, which, you know, hey, different strokes, whatever. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just saying that's out there. Um, But I do know a little something, that there was no spring practice, right? Right. Well, if – if Talia is transferring with the assumption that Bryce Young is one or two, that tells me Talia was going to do this anyway. And, I mean, his my, his heart wasn't in this. I mean, you would think Talia would be like, hey, we didn't have a spring practice. I've got a leg up on the newbie. I've got a leg up on the newbie. I've been through spring practice before, and I've been through a whole season before. And I've been, you know, under the, the wing of my brother and a guy named Matt Jones who started several games. I've got a leg up. And instead, he's choosing to leave, which tells me that this was in the works. This was going to happen. Spring practice be damned. So, uh, you know, it kind of makes me think, hey, look, I think it's best for both parties that you go because you wanted to leave. And the other thing I want you to comment on is, you know, I said Alabama's left with two quarterbacks. As soon as I said it, I thought, well, not really true. I mean, we got Paul Tyson. who was a hell of a quarterback at you at Trouffville. And, um, yeah, he's not on scholarship and all those things, but he's a pretty damn good quarterback. He's not a, he's not chopped liver as a third option. I am not, uh, of course, I, the other guys are better, but uh, I, I'm, I'm comfortable if we got down to a third quarterback, we're not going to be like in 2004 where we're having to run the wishbone with Tyrone pro You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right. I think Paul Tyson, uh, my only thing is if, if it gets down to playing uh, to the number three guy, who's Paul, uh, most likely, Paul. Alabama actually has a pretty good collection of walk-on quarterbacks. Probably one of the best collections I've ever had in terms of Braxton Barker, uh, Jaden George, and, and Stone Hollenbach are all all good quarterbacks. You know, uh, So the quarterback room is full and, and pretty good. But if it gets down to the number three guy, who's probably Paul, I, I don't think Paul is terrible. I actually think Paul's a pretty good prospect. I also just assumed it would take some time with him. I would just simply adjust my expectations in terms of how the season will play out. I mean, I I think today, as we sit here today, in terms of just a flat-out prediction, I think Alabama can achieve a lot with Mac Jones. I think Alabama can achieve a lot with Bryce Young. Uh, My expectations as far as how good the team could be does not change whether the quarterback is Mac or bryce that's me I, I, I think we would we're going to be really good with either one now, if we get down to Paul now i'll start thinking, can we beat lSU and Baton Rouge? Can we even beat Georgia and Tuscaloosa with Paul? What about even a m and auburn or or what about the game at Tennessee? I just think several games now come into Doubt. I mean, in terms of, uh, I'm, I'm not sure we're winning all the games. Now, I'm not saying we'd be 3-9. and nine. I'm not even saying we'd be 7-5. and five. I'm just saying there's very unlikely to be a zero in the loss column if you get down to to our third quarterback this season. Whereas with Talia had stayed, my feelings would sort of be similar in the sense that I'm not sure we would win a national championship with Talia but I also wouldn't give away some of those games I was just questioning. I, I think Talia's going to beat most of those SEC teams. Uh, but anyway, I'm just saying that my expectations would really go down in terms of what I think the team could accomplish if, uh, if Paul is the quarterback this year. Now, ask me again when Paul Tyson is a redshirt junior. I, I, think, I think by that time he's going to know the offense so well that he, he would almost be a, a kind of a coach on the field situation, which, which sometimes is exactly what you need. Yeah, because here's the doomsday scenario: that
0: Mac Jones is the starter this year, and I say doomsday mm. for a long term. Starter this year, and he kicks ass. Bryce Young mid season decides to transfer. Right, Mac Jones is yeah. so good he goes pro. I mean, look, I, mm. I'm just yep. throwing out that scenario, and again, you. Mm-hmm. As my therapist loves to say, quit looking so forward to the uh, to the future and just deal with the present. But, um, you know, I think... <laughs> no,
1: it's, hey, that, that sort of stuff is... Disg- I mean, as much as that sounds like, oh, that's not going to happen, I, I just don't think fans understand what goes on in that football building. I assure you that is that is discussed in the football building, that they look at every scenario, like... And they try, you know, Nick yeah. Saban tries to be prepared as, as well as he can for any, I assure you that's being talked about. Not being, they're not panicking, they're not huddling under under blankets, uh, under, under their bed and crying themselves to sleep over it, no. But, but they're like, you know, this could happen, this could happen, what what are we going to do? What what What's realistic, what's possible, and what, what can we do now to, uh, to fend off disaster? So... I think an answer, I wouldn't be surprised, Luke, if they purposefully set out to like, okay, we need to start creating relationships in terms of we probably need a grad transfer next season, Uh, at least to be a backup, maybe a Gardner Minshew situation where, you know, it didn't last very long, but at one point Alabama found a backup quarterback at East Carolina who would agree to come to Alabama to be the backup quarterback. Who's actually a pretty good player. And then we all know the fairy tale, what happened with Minshew. But something like that probably needs to happen for Alabama next season. Let's bring in a guy that may not be the starter. Hopefully the starter in 2021 will be Bryce or Mack. But we better be bringing someone in who's a break glass in case of emergency guy that that you have some confidence with. You know, so, you know, as to who that guy might be, I don't know. Maybe Jack West at Stanford comes to mind. Something Good
0: like point. that. Uh, let's let's go ahead and take another break, Jimmy. we come back, we'll talk a little odd in end. So, Jimmy, we got a big wide receiver commitment from Ja'Cory Brooks. Um, you know, it's funny. His, I think it, some people were complaining about his 40 time, which was listed at a force eight or something like that by one service. But mm-hmm. I think that was kind of a mislabel. Because um, I've watched his film, he's faster than that. He's also a get up and uh, go get the ball kind of cat, which I dig. Um, and I, yeah, I'm excited about him. He looks like a really a hell of a player. I think by one service, he's number two wide receiver in the country. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm what an exciting pickup for Alabama at a time when it seemed like recruiting was really going slow. While Tennessee has got twenty. 900 commitments um Alabama only had a couple and and now we get this one and, and it looks good now the crystal balls are trending in the way for Ian Jackson out of Prattville the linebacker who I absolutely adore I think he's going to be yep. a fantastic player and shoot up the ranks and um there's one other kid who's uh okay oh, Williams. Williams out of yeah out of uh, Louisiana who is one of the top safeties in the country so uh, I mean look th- these are not None of those guys I mentioned are five stars, but they're all high four stars, and and I dig it. I think um, it's a good start, and there's, look, Tulane McKinstry's still out there. A lot of rumors about he's leading to Alabama, and he is one badass. So, yeah, I think things are picking up recruiting-wise.
1: Yeah, they really are. It was never a panicky situation, and again, you know, I, I made a tweet over the weekend. Yes, it was inspired by, you know, yet three more commitments to Tennessee over the weekend. They have 21. Their fans are just, you know, making uh, reservations for future national championship games because of this class. That's how excited. And, and I don't blame them for being so excited. Nothing good has happened at Tennessee in forever. I, I don't blame them for being excited. They're not wrong to be excited. What is wrong, though, is the idea that because Tennessee has 21 commitments and Alabama has four, that Tennessee is out recruiting Alabama. I'm just going to pull a corso and say not so fast, friends. Not so fast. Let's see on signing day if Alabama hadn't caught up because recruiting is never about quantity. It's about quality. And Alabama does have four good commitments. Alabama's eventually gonna fill out this class. I don't think they're gonna fill it out with a bunch of duds. I I think by the time signing day rolls around, Alabama's class is going to be better than Tennessee's myself. That's what I think. But. That doesn't mean Tennessee shouldn't be excited about what they're doing. They're clearly recruiting now at an elite level. But don't, don't be the fan that looks at the scoreboard and says, well, the score right now is 21-4 to four Tennessee. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It means nothing. Just wait. And thankfully, even though Tennessee picked up three really good commitments this weekend, including I really like the linebacker from Maryland, Aaron Wills, and, and the quarterback, who I've, I've seen his tape. He's, he's got a lot of arm talent. They're good commitments. They're, these are good players. They're just not the guys Alabama's recruiting. Tennessee has only beaten us for one kid. Dylan Brooks is who they beat us for. When we wanted Dylan Brooks, they got him. So, really, if you want to look at a school board, it's really Alabama three, Tennessee one, because they got one guy we really want. We probably have three guys they want in terms of they'd take Ja'Cory Brooks, Deontay Lawson, and Ajay Hall. They would take them. Who would Alabama take off their list? Well, I mean, the same token, Aaron Wills could play for Alabama. No doubt. He just, wasn't the guy we're recruiting, you know, for that spot. Uh, he, he, he wasn't too high up our, our wish list. Doesn't mean he's not good enough to play for us. He certainly is.
0: All right, buddy. Um, I'm about to go into a pretty bad section here. And so I'm going to go ahead and call this a wrap, but, uh, we will be back on Wednesday with another podcast for you guys. Hopefully, we'll have some more commitments by then. And also, don't forget to go check out Niko Sports, N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. My main man, Julio, over there, he will get you hooked up. Uh, to Tua Lua football, $99. Look, the Tua train is leaving the station. Get on it now. It's a big train. It's like Snowpiercer. It's a big-ass train.
1: Ooh, go check a it terrible, out. $99. Terrible over. train. I don't even like it, thinking about Snow that. No pierce
0: is a terrible train. Did you see the movie? I didn't see it.
1: Oh God. It, there is some gross, gross stuff happens in that movie. It's mostly about oh, what, they, okay. what the what well, the what the poor people are forced to eat. Oh god.
0: Oh God, okay. Well I didn't I didn't know <laughs> that. Uh well they <laughs> let me tell you what they weren't eating. They weren't eating a Chua Togo Bailoa football for ninety-nine dollars. They would rather they would, they would <laughs> Okay. But $99 gets you a -a Tua Tungle football, full size, fully embossed, got all his stats and accolades. I mean, go check it out. The Tua train is gone, baby. And you want to be on it? Don't be at the station going, like, hey, I thought it was Central time, but it's Eastern time. No, get to the station early. Get this football early. Nikosports, N I K C O Sports dot com. Go check them out. Part of the proceeds go to the Make a Wish Foundation of Alabama. All right, big man. Roll tide to you. We'll talk again soon.
1: Roll tide.